Hi guys and welcome back to Chronic Warrior Presents Chatterbox with me, Chatterbox and Louise. So let's grab a coffee and talk all things chronic. How are you doing, Louise? I'm great, thank you, Rox. How are you? Yes, I am well. I'm ready to receive my second jab on Monday. Oh, that's exciting. That is super exciting. There's light at the end of the tunnel. And yeah, I was going to say, free to roam. <laughs> but I feel like I have to remind people it's not over yet. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Far from it. Far from it. Um, it's great to see the, the numbers constantly rising of, the, of how many vaccines have been administered already. And I think over 10 million have had their second one now, which is... I know, is it's crazy. Amazing. Um, and... I think we can all say that this country has got certain things wrong throughout the pandemic, but the vaccine rollout has been something that's been really quite a success, I, I feel. Um, certainly for our community, the vast majority of our tribe have had their first vaccine now. Um, and then, yeah, like yourself, you're starting on to get your second ones. And hopefully that means you'll be able to come and do some face-to-face -face boxing workshops again, Rocks, and that'll just be amazing. I, I can't wait to come and hug you. I feel like we've never been able to hug. No, I know. It's virtual hugs and uh, air high fives, wasn't it, when we were in Manchester? Yeah. <laughs> Which again, like, I mean, that was September. Can you believe? I thought it was August, but yes. Was it ages ago? Yeah, last week of August or the first week of September it was. And yeah, that's just, I mean, in some ways it's flown because it's sunny again. Like we've had autumn and winter kind of thing, haven't we? Um, but at the same time, yeah, when it comes to like human contact and stuff, things like that feel like such a long time ago. Oh God, yes. I mean, I've said to you just before recording the podcast, I did um, tentatively go out for a coffee to uh, meet with a family member I haven't seen in, in so long and it felt odd when I was leaving because usually you kind of hug or say goodbye and it was kind of like see you later then <laughs> yeah it's weird it's kind of like an awkward departure isn't it yes definitely <laughs> do you find like you almost like kind of feel rude by not extending to hug but at the same time you're desperately <laughs> person in front of you doesn't try and extend you for a whole <laughs> yes slightly decline <laughs> yes exactly it just it just felt a bit awkward um so I ended up hugging the dog <laughs> wise idea wise idea in fact mine is here ready for some cuddles so he's very much part of the podcast as he is all the classes um chilling out bless him <laughs> Yes, I think we need to like release like some Demas bears or some sort of like <gasps> mascot. Oh my gosh, what a good idea. Oh, little cuddly Demuses. Yes. I'll get onto it. Because <laughs> then we could literally send cuddles to everyone. Oh my gosh, that is such a lovely idea. It really is. I might, I might. Or certainly a trip, um, a trip to build a bear in a couple of months' time and uh, see if they've got a, a, a Demas-shaped bear that we can create a, a mascot for. 
God, build a bear. I haven't been there for years. <laughs> I mean, either. But I feel like I could totally do a bit of that right now. <laughs> Talking about Build-A-Bear, that's something you usually get for someone's birthday, so nice little segue. Happy belated birthday to Chronic Warriors. Yay! Thank you. Yeah, so um, Chronic Warrior Adaptive Boxing became one years old on the 29th of March, uh, which is amazing. So um, I started the aromatherapy side four years ago in April. Um, and so and it was all purely aromatherapy for that first three years. Um, and then as we started the adaptive boxing classes, which like I say was at the end of March, um, it was very soon after that we started doing the mental health. We brought the aromatherapy into the boxing. The community started to grow and everything else. So, um, And as you know, and those who follow us, we then encompassed it all together and created Chronic Warrior UK. So yeah, Chronic Warrior UK is one years old. Um, and proud. I've only been with you since June, but I definitely still feel part of the furniture. Oh, you are very much part of the family. Um, right up there at the top, we couldn't we couldn't be doing half of the stuff without you, Rox. And, um, you know, for, for those who, who don't know, um, not only does Rox do the podcasts, she helps out with the, uh, doing mental health blogs, thinking outside the box. She does some amazing social media work um, and contacts and contents. And also she's a mental health lead um, for, our, for our tribe, uh, so the members. So everybody um, that comes through Chronic Warrior, whether that's through or through the boxing, know that they can contact Rox. Um, and as part of Chronic Warrior, she's able to signpost people to the right direction and offer that initial support. Um, so thank you, Rox, because it might have only been, like you say, June, but it feels like you've been here from the start and we couldn't do it without you. Oh, thank you very much. I would just like to say to the listeners, I wasn't plugging for that, thank you. I, I was just obviously saying. Because um, I, I was going to say, we haven't chatted for a long time, but that's not because uh, of anything. Like, we didn't want to talk, not at all. We always want to talk. But there's been so much exciting stuff going on with Colic. And I thought you might want to chat about what's been happening with you recently or with us. Well... I suppose the, the the big news, the best news, um, is that not only did we become one on the 29th of March, but last week we um, became a non-profit organisation. So Chronic Warrior UK is now a community interest company. Um, and for those who don't know, that's just one step down from a charity. So we are a non-profit organisation. And so whenever money's coming in, we always reinvest that into our community. Um, and that means that not only can we hopefully get funding in to try and continue more of the free classes, but we can provide equipment to people who um, might struggle to financially access that. And also some of the classes that we do charge fee for, but it's a very low fee, two pounds for our classes. Um, again, sometimes people find it hard to be able to financially prepare for that. And so we're also gonna have a system in place the IC where people can apply to extend and have extra classes um, paid for by Chronic um, Warrior. So it just means that I can do so much more of the work that 
I envisage that Chronic can do and that the team can do with us. And I'm really excited for the future. And people have been helping us out with that um, by sharing and actually contributing to our new fundraising campaign that's all based around that. Yeah, so um, basically, when Chronic Warrior UK started, when we started doing the boxing, um, I was putting on five free classes a week for the, and it initially it was going to be for 10 weeks. And uh, I, I think I started off with three or four people. And quite quickly, the, the numbers started to increase. The feedback was amazing. And we were starting to see the difference in the, the participants, both physically and emotionally. Um, and albeit I couldn't commit, Oh, actually, no, I continued doing the five free classes for the for six months of the pandemic, actually. Um, and then as the lockdown started to sort of lift and my other work commitments started to uh, come back, I wanted to keep the free classes going. Um, so I reduced it to two free classes a week, um, which enabled me to, to do the one-to-ones and the outreach work that we do for through the community. Um, so, yeah, for the whole year, we've provided these two free classes. Um, and that has been done with absolutely zero funding, um, which we are so, so proud of. Um, but in order for it to be sustainable, um, we are hoping to raise £2,000, which would mean that we could continue doing free classes, two free classes a week for the rest of 2021. So all the way up to the end of December. Um, and I know I touched on it briefly before, but again, that would mean that don't have to necessarily apply to get funding to enable them to do the paid classes because it might just be at one or two classes a week that they want to do um and so our fitness then becomes not only accessible physically but accessible financially um and that has always been a big part of of what i wanted to do with with the boxing and it's absolutely amazing especially the the time and commitment that you've get, you've given the community and to extend it from 10 weeks to to 6 months so you, you know to see those results and wanting to carry that forward we are so grateful for anyone that wants to support us because i think it's really important and i think we've mentioned it before but chronic warriors isn't just about lockdown barrier to exercise for disabled people wasn't just about being stuck inside or being locked down. So those barriers still exist, even though the gyms are opening. And that's why it's so important. Yeah, it absolutely. Um, and yeah, I suppose it's cheesy, but it's true that chronic is for life, not just for lockdown. Um, and, you know, it, it's a safe space. It's a safe space for disabled people, not only to access fitness um, and holistic therapies and things, but just to have conversations with other people who can identify, relate, understand, empathise um, with each other and empower each other. And that's what I, I love more than anything. Sometimes I just kind of, I sit back, you know, during warm-up when on online where people are sort of just having a bit of a chat while we're warming up and sometimes I just sit back and take myself out of the conversation just kind of admire this amazing group of people that just complement each other so well I love it I love it couldn't be more proud of everybody and as I say you, you know you've created that space but those conversations haven't just helped us as a tribe it's helped you as a leader 
even start to make changes in your life. I mean, a few weeks ago, you posted about your new wheelchair. Would you like to tell us about that? Ah. <laughs> oh, yay. Oh, yeah. I couldn't have been more happy. So I, I try and use crutches for the majority of sort of my mobility. Um, but if someone wants to sort of say, well, how far could you go on crutches? What I would say is anything below, above a supermarket shop, that's when I'm sort of, right, okay, I need to take the chair. And up until now, I've had um, a wheelchair that is really only meant for somebody else to push me. Um, and I got that wheelchair not knowing what, what I needed, what, what, what a proper day chair for a wheelchair user was um and so this chair was great for like i said people taking me around but because it had the flappy foot plates and it folds up and all of that i couldn't transfer my weight in it which meant i couldn't go up or down hills i couldn't go up and down a curb i would literally either tip out or tip forward and so for four years um the only place i've really gone on my own in my wheelchair is meadow hall which is a uh, shopping center near to me and that's because it's indoor the floors are smooth and i know that i don't have to negotiate any hills or curbs or bumps and things like that and it's been really restrictive and it's actually been through the classes the community that i've seen just how independent having the right chair can make a person and seeing what people achieve in their day chairs independently um is been admirable and enviable actually um and so it it, it got me to a, to a point where I was like right I think I'm ready to take that step and, and get a proper day chair so I had loads of advice from you guys about what's hot and what's not and I got my um RGK Octane Sub 4 um and that was delivered to me a few weeks ago and I've been out on my own <laughs> I bet you never want to get back inside again. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. It's amazing. Um, so I, the first time I went out, I went with my mum. So she, obviously, she walked, she didn't push me. And for those, again, I don't know, the house I live in is a new build and there's still houses being built around me. So I effectively live on a building site. And so the pavements and the roads are shocking. And I negotiated everything by myself my mum did not touch that chair and so that was test one and then um test two um my good friend and dog walker uh came um the following week and said right okay she's gonna hold demas and i'm gonna push myself in my chair and i did a two and a half mile push um again by myself across roads i went up and down curves i went around a park i was on grass um, and I played with Divas and oh it was just amazing it's yeah and so I'm really excited for normality to return so I can get out on some more adventures now um yeah so thank you guys it's been amazing and, yeah. and I know you, you can't see Louise but I can tell you the smile on her face is <laughs> completely completely genuine and and it's lovely to see because I, I, I mean, I know this seems obvious, but I can promise you having a disability doesn't come with a manual. 
and it's a lot of trial and error. And I think, I mean, I've had a long-term disability, so I've known no different in air quotes. But having a disability later in life, I think that must be more daunting. And, and that's the kind of conversations we've been having. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose it kind of made me realise, because I've never been, I'm, I don't want to use the word ignorant, because <laughs> I am, but I didn't ever appreciate the challenges that come with having a physical disability. Um, whilst I've always tried to empathise and support people the best that I can, I actually didn't have like friends or family who had been long-term wheelchair users or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I kind of fathomed it out on my own and I was never part of a disabled community until chronic. So this has been my first experience, really, of it. Um, yeah. And it's been the best experience ever because it's, it's, it's certainly changed my outlook on what I can do. Um, and I, that sounds crazy as well because I box, but boxing in a sports <laughs> chair is completely different to using a day-to-day -day wheelchair. Um, and, you know, I'm in my domain in the boxing ring. This sounds crazy, but I'm safe there. <laughs> yeah, which, which is absolutely uh, crazy to say that you feel safer <laughs> in a boxing ring than, than you would outside, which I think is a, a testament to how um, the environment is for people with a disability. Yeah, pro yeah, probably. <laughs> so, yeah, I've basically said there that I prefer to get punched in there. <laughs> Then go out in my day chair. No, um, but again, people won't know this if you've not been around wheelchairs. But a sports chair, the wheels are cambered, so they they turn out, and it's got a nice big fat um, anti-tip bar on the back, and so you can spin it on a sixpence, and you're not going to tip out, and it's super sturdy and all of that sort of stuff. But you can't get through a, a standard doorway in that chair. These chairs are not or other use they are specific to really the sports that um that we do them we you know use them for you know so yeah so just to put a bit of context to, to that and 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 i think that that is another topic of conversation that we go on to because stuff like sports chairs is so specific i struggle with that word um then we often have to afford multiple chairs And therefore, some people don't realise that a chair is more than literally just a chair. It may be just a pair of shoes. And imagine having to be able to afford multiple pairs of shoes that are probably 100 times more than even a designer pair of heels. Yeah. I mean, so... I the chair I got was um, an ex-demo chair from RGK, this sub four, um, and brand new, that chair is £6,000. I was super lucky that RGK had my dimensions, my measurements from the sports chairs I've had from them previously, and they called me and said, Louise, we've got a chair in your size, and it's this sub four, blah, 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 and it was, like I say, an ex-demo chair, so... 
it was significantly reduced. It's the only way I could have afforded to do this. Um, and again, so thank you to Sean Gash um, at RGK and Jim Possible, uh, good friend and colleague um, that we work with over at, at Jim Possible Charity. Um, it was him who called me and said, yeah, we've, we've got a share just for you. And guess what? It was black and green. <laughs> I think that's fate. <laughs> but yeah, I had my name all over it. Um, but yeah, I suppose like sports chair and a day chair is like trying to run a marathon in a pair of stilettos. That's kind of the the comparison, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, who wants to run the London Marathon in a pair of flip-flops? But the difference is a pair of trainers um, that are available down at uh, Sports Direct and, and uh, a sports chair might not be as easily obtainable for someone. So it actually restricts their ability to kind of progress with sports or any sort of lifestyle that they want. Furthermore, you could even look at the space within properties and stuff. Like I couldn't, I don't have enough space for the equipment I already have, but being able to get more space for the equipment I need, I'd need to purchase the equipment before to be eligible for the space. So it's we a catch 22 to be able to obtain independence with a disability. I mean, the logic behind that is just, <laughs> crazy isn't it really um yes. so how where we're talking about trying to make fitness accessible and things like that you're just trying to make life accessible and these are um council run uh, applications systems aren't they yeah uh, and you'd think that by now they'd have a nice streamlined approach to these things to you know to help to help people but uh that's that's for another day that one i'll get off this yes part. that that is definitely a uh another podcast if people would like to hear us ranting about uh the social systems and the supporting of disability <laughs> write in the comments below <laughs> um, I do now. <laughs> yeah um, that would be great um, but I think the way we change systems is about having these conversations and that's exactly what Chronic and the community helped us do, uh, as well as other things. Like, for example, I, if you don't mind me saying, have definitely done a lot during lockdown. I'm not bragging. Trust me, I started lockdown with a, a mental breakdown and then I met uh, Chronic Warriors and kind of my my will to live and want to do more has increased I have started working during the pandemic I work from home um, okay. as a freelancer so I, I work with several different elements and people um, and that includes being an inclusion specialist and that's starting conversations it includes being an activist for um, the Young Women's Trust. So I have talked to many an MP in my bedroom, just like <laughs> I'm doing with Louise today. Um, but, and I have to say, while I have to give myself praise, because I think that is valid, that I have pushed myself forward, without the kind of starting block of chronic, I don't think I would be where I am. And for many people, this is their first ever starting block. Yeah, 
no, absolutely. And oh my gosh, Rox, you have just flown and bloomed and blossomed in the time that I've known you. Um, so you joined us, I think we've mentioned this probably the first podcast we did, but you joined us on your birthday, didn't you? Um, yeah. <laughs> and also by accident. <laughs> yeah. So Rox thought it was going to be a, just a standard you know, seated fitness class. Little did she realise that she'd be uh, punching by numbers by the <laughs> that but um luckily you loved it and you came back and like I say yeah I remember having conversations with you at the beginning and the vast majority of them you didn't feel confident in the conversations we were having I'm saying Rox of course you can do x y and z (laughs) Rox is going "Mm, I'm not sure that I can and not only has Rox gone on to do X, Y, and Z in lockdown, she has done the whole alphabet and then some. Mm-hmm. You are absolutely smashing it, and I couldn't be more proud, me. I really couldn't. But what I want to say is, much as people are like, well, you've done loads, you're doing amazing, which is what I hear a lot, which I'm really grateful for. Don't think it's easy. Don't think, oh, well, she's posting all the time and she's got this and that. It is okay to start small and it is okay not to be okay during those times. It is okay to struggle, it is okay to cry, it is okay to think that you're gonna fail because do you know what, if you think you're gonna fail, you actually probably care about what you're doing. Because trust me, I've been in some bad places even though I'm moving forward. We've had some tearful conversations. I, you, you know, and I want to be open about that because I think people see people posting and stuff and think, oh, your life is absolutely fabulous. It is a struggle and it is a worry, and I still worry about the future. But I can only do what I can do now. So if you want to start something, just try. Try something small and it will start growing. It really will. It really You've just got to start. It won't grow if you don't start. And that's the key. But like Rock said, start small and it will grow. Don't start at all. And times nothing equals nothing. Yeah. Um, you, you're not going to achieve anything if you don't believe you can. So even if you have to fake it one day just to go, today I can do this, even though you have no confidence that you can do it, you're probably going to do something more than you would if you didn't do anything at all. Yeah. And that might include just coming to join us for a boxing class. Um, that isn't a plug, it's just an honest thing. <laughs> I was like, boom, Nice, nice rocks. I like that. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't have to commit to us. Just by doing one day, maybe one day a week. <laughs> it's free, it's free. <laughs> Come join us. <laughs> I feel like we need a jingle that we can put in the podcast and then break it up. That is so true. That has also just reminded me that I did mention it on the live hit session that I did on Instagram and TikTok yesterday, but we are looking for unsigned artists, ideally within the reggae, hip-hop, R&B, even as far as grime um, sort of scenes. Um, to send in their music. If they, if you know somebody who's unsigned, who needs to be exposed, or you're trying to get a break, 
we don't know what we can ever achieve for you guys, but we would love to put your music on our workouts, on um, our personal YouTube channel and things like that. Because again, like we said, we're a community and hopefully by giving people platforms and working together, everybody can, can fly, fly and shine and thrive. Yeah, so maybe that one thing that you think, oh, I can't do is you want to share your music, record something, send it to us. Yeah, and who knows, you could be the jingler. <laughs> Jingle for the Warriors. Um, oh. And Louise will probably do a TikTok dance for it. Standard. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I'm just presuming. <laughs> <laughs> you would have presumed right. <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't done it before. Although, I don't know if you've seen the most recent challenge that I've done on TikTok involving a Malteser. Uh, no, um, because I've got a new phone, I actually forgot to turn on my notifications for TikTok. So I wondered why you'd been so quiet recently, and I realised it was me. I thought, oh, God, no, she no. must be busy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I had my training day, what train? Uh, Wednesday, I trained. So my training partner was here on Wednesday. And as some people know, we, we try and do food challenges. So we've done the Jaffa Cake Challenge and all sorts of random things marshmallows and yeah i've avoided the cinnamon one up to now but this nope. one's a good this one got a pair of boxing gloves you can get involved initially the, ch the challenge was how many maltesers can you pick up wearing boxing gloves and eat within a minute but then we soon realized that it took us about 10 minutes to pick one up so it was the person who did it in quickest time so if you've got a pair of boxing gloves and a bag of maltesers get them out and see how long it takes you to pick up a Malteser using a boxing glove. I, I know what my uh, assistant's homework is for the week. Great <laughs> <laughs> <I have no> idea. <laughs> but um, also, when we were doing it, we were talking about sort of dexterity and low tone in hands and things, and saying, actually, this is a, quite a fun challenge. Um, that we might include on our disability awareness training. Yes. Because just trying to pick something up that you can't grip or that is too small or that is too heavy or whatever it might be for somebody who's got low dexterity, low muscle tone or, or whatever in their hands, um, that can start to give you an appreciation because <laughs> it took me a while to pick up that Malteser. Um, and so we're hoping to do sort of little challenges like this within the training. Um, so there'll be sort of things where um, you one person would wear uh, earmuffs and the other person would have to guide them without any sound into doing certain things. Um, blindfold exercises, pushing wheelchairs with boxing gloves on, um, all, of the, all of the fun stuff. So, yeah, and those are going to be hopefully the kind of things that, we're going to introduce to our able-bodied coaches as we roll out the training with Great Britain Disability Boxing. That sounds absolutely amazing. And I, I, I will be sitting there watching people trying to pick up Maltesers with boxing gloves because I can barely pick up Maltesers and hold them with my hands. <laughs> but that's exactly it, isn't it? And do you know what? We're having these conversations and it's natural to us to have these conversations. And this is what Chatterbox is about. It's about having the conversations that people sometimes find difficult to have. And as you know, we've done, um, we did the cerebral palsy uh, special podcast uh, in March. Um, but 
so you know that Rox has cerebral palsy. Um, but Rox has just then explained straight away there that picking up something small like that for her is quite difficult. And or so, I'm going to crush it or melt it before it gets to my mouth. Yeah, absolutely. And so just through that one challenge, it starts to give an appreciation of the things that we sometimes take for granted. I, I think people look at things so widely, including these services that we've previously grumbled about, where you think, well, you can box for a boxing club, but you can't pick up a Maltese very well. I'm like, yes, they are two differently <laughs> skills, but I, I think that's hard for people to comprehend. Like, for example, I used to have funding. I say used to because I will be fighting to get it back to do admin to help me with stuff like I struggle with opening envelopes I can't write on paper but do you know what this well surely you do admin as part, at the time I was working in finance as part of your job I'm like I do more than admin but they just presume because I must have a low-level job that I do admin and actually it's quite dismissive but you know some many many years ago somebody taught me assume because it makes an ass out of you and me and that is so true and that is a prime example of assumption isn't it of what somebody else might or might not do and it's it's a frustration it's it, you know you get this, this ableism on one side but you also get disableism on the other side of oh well, no she can't do that because or you know um but either way frustrating um and certainly when it comes to things like funding, um, you know, a lot of our clients and members work, you know, I need to apply for different bits and pieces. Sometimes it might be access to, to fitness or whatever. And the hoops that they have to jump through, excuse the pun, <laughs> um, that we do have to jump through are just ridiculous. They're just awful. Uh, and I love the alternative solutions that they come up with, which is beyond realistic you know like oh. oh you know even though the government's telling us to eat healthy it's fine for disabled people just to have microwave meals that are delivered to the house um that they have to pay extra for because you can't possibly have 20 minutes help of cooking when you can just think something in the microwave yeah and, for, and again we, we do the nutrition stuff but Sticking something in the microwave, one, it isn't fresh. So that's your first problem. So a lot, and it, second, it's going to probably be processed. Third, you're going to stick it in the microwave, which literally zaps all the nutrients out of the food that's in there anyway. So often the people who need the best nutrition and the best food and the best quality fruit and veg are getting the worst service and the worst produce. And even if you take that out, I would struggle even to pop the plastic or put it in a microwave or take it out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, have you seen the lips on those little things? <laughs> on the little trays? I mean, how are people going back to the Maltese thing? But there's going to be a hot piece of plastic that you're taking out of a microwave. How are you, how are you expected to then move that from the microwave in itself? Oh, yeah, I, I, you can just sit and eat it at the microwave. It doesn't, it doesn't matter about quality. They've and, this, you. and this is exactly the point. It's, it, yeah, again, that can go in the same podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I think this is just a brainstorming podcast. I thought share of all the ideas that we were gonna have. I think I think it's because we haven't talked in so long. We're like, oh, we can talk about this, that, or the other. It's so nice to be chatting though. It is so nice. It has been crazy, crazy busy. Um, oh yeah, we've also got a new timetable coming out from the first of May. So I'm busy in the background doing all the work on uh, for that. And actually that is going to have um, some new or extra hit classes. So the hit classes have been a, a great success. So it's box hit. So there is some um, punches involved and sometimes slips and rolls and things, but it is a hit session, 30 minute hit session. So we're going to have three of those a week uh, on Zoom um, as of the 1st of May. And also going to continue doing the free hit class on Instagram and TikTok every Friday morning too. So um, that's obviously not interactive because you can only see me. I can't see you, the, the, the one on, um, on a Friday morning. But the ones on Zoom, you just book on from the website as, as normal um, and that's there fully interactive. So, yeah, new hit, uh, extra hit classes. Um, We've made sure with the new timetable that our American um, tribe members and our other international members can still make sure that they can enjoy the same number of classes. So we've made, you know, looking at the times of day that these things are offered, we've mixed up the box hit, the wheelchair workouts and the adaptive boxing. So we've constantly got availability for, for everybody internationally. Um, so, yeah, that comes out on the 1st of May. Exciting time to be a warrior, um, and def- I think definitely one for girl power. I mean, it is female led, of course, but isn't it 90% of our tribe are now uh female? That I don't think that was purposeful, but it has definitely happened, uh, and obviously, that is something that we are kind of highlighting on our Instagram because not yeah. only boxing for the disabled kind of and you think uh, female boxing and women's boxing is still still something that needs to be improved so yeah. I, I think we're definitely doing something for inclusion and equality oh absolutely we are um women's boxing is has been and still is underrepresented um and albeit lockdown has presented some fantastic opportunities um, to raise the profile of women's boxing and it absolutely has done traditionally when you go into any boxing club the vast majority of the members will be boys and men and in my old club at town end we had four senior females out of 30 members um whereas for us at chronic it is completely the opposite way around um we have, I think, 59 active ma- uh, members um, at the moment. And, um, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's like, I think it works out 93% if we're going to be completely picky. But, yeah, which is amazing. Um, and so whilst raising the profile of women's boxing, we're raising that profile of inclusion boxing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, super proud of that. Absolutely. And as I would say over and over again, but I'm really proud to be part of it as well, because it's one of those when you talk to people, they're like, what, you're disabled and you box and then you start going into all the other stuff it encompasses. I think it really kind of opens eyes to people. I know that um, from my 
young women's trust training um, that I've obviously explained that I work with Chronic Warrior and uh, support them. And we've had a lot of our uh, activists come and join us and check out what's going on over here. So, yeah. and, and they feel like they're learning stuff from this content as well. So that that's why we keep doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, when I'm smiling as, as, I, as I say these things, but you know, when you tell somebody else, like you just said, when some, someone goes, oh, you disabled Andy Box, and then you go into telling them about the numbers of women, the changes that it's made for people, all of that. You watch the person that you tell smile as well, and you can see them start to feel that chronic vibe yeah like just by telling people just when you're telling them what it is that what it is that uh, i i don't want to say it's contagious not in this kind of current <laughs> climate it's not really a word that we should be using you know what i'm just gonna say something and i've not said this publicly and i'm gonna do it I left the WBC and WBC Cares UK in November. And in November, I had lost a lot of confidence. I was really struggling. I didn't know where things were going. I had major concerns with the intentions of the Adaptive Boxing Programme at WBC Cares. Um, and I was being... Um, not treated very nicely. I'll, I'll go with that by a couple of the members of staff. And I've raised all these things. And also throughout this time, I've talked to them about me setting up Chronic as a CIC. And aside from not being treated very nice by a couple of members of staff and my concerns, I was also told that I wouldn't be capable of doing a CIC and that I shouldn't do it. And there was no need to do it. And I was constantly told that. And I left them in, in November and very soon after I was approached by Great Britain Disability Boxing, which is a school of excellence, working with um, England Boxing, Boxing Scotland and Wales Boxing, which are the three governing bodies for amateur boxing in the UK. I was approached by them and they said, look, we've been trying to approach you for some time now. Um, but we really would like to come on board. And it was the right time. Um, and so I sat back and I thought about it and I watched and I listened and they, everything that they said, they could show me. It was tangible, it was real. They supported me. I told them my vision for chronic, for the sport, for women, for disability. And they literally embraced me and welcomed me and have supported me more than I could ever appreciate. And everything that I have wanted desperately to do since I got involved in boxing, I've now been able to start to do with the support of my tribe and with the support of GBDB. And I feel like I was given the sport back to the people. And I'm really, really proud of that. And really, really grateful for everybody who has, like I say, supported me. And the last thing I was told um, by a senior person at WBC Cares UK in a text message, 
was that all I was interested in was money and fame. And they couldn't have been further from the truth. And um, I have never been hurt so much in all my life by those comments for the endless hours of voluntary work that I did for them and for the community and to be treated in the way that I was. Um, and we're a non-profit organisation. <laughs> we're a non-profit organisation. And, and, not- and you've done that and they've said you couldn't. So Yeah, they're not putting me in a ring and not paying me, but putting on big shows and saying, this is adaptive boxing, but all you disabled people that are watching it, we've got no facility to help you do it. We're not going to put on any online classes. We're not going to support you. We're just going to show you what we can do and then let you wish that you could do it. Amateur boxing, you don't get paid. You, you do the sport because you love the sport. You love the people. And all I ever wanted was this sport to be for the people and for it to, in long term, develop into an amateur competitive sport and in years to come, pro sport. And that's what I mean when I say we've given it back to the people. Because anyone who knows about amateur boxing, there ain't any money in it. And that was the whole point. This has never been about money. It has been about the community. And I tried endlessly to do that for for many, many months, over a year. And like I say, we've done it. We've done it. We, all of us, have done it. Um, And it's been the best thing ever. So thank you. And, and thank you for sharing that. Obviously, I have I have known a bit about that, um, but I wasn't obviously expecting you to share that. But thank you very much, because I think it honestly adds more context on why this is so important. And I know it's been so hard for you, and it's hard that I can say that you're upset and I can't, you know, come and comfort you. But honestly, everything you are doing is helping everyone. And I hope... That in itself is the hug that you need. And all those people that are supporting us include the people listening today. So if you're listening today and you want to give Louise a hug, because honestly, she deserves one, share this podcast. Listen and let her share her story and how she has overcome people putting barriers in front of us. I also just want to say one final thing on that. Um, uh, since the 2nd of January this year, I have made numerous attempts to speak to um, senior representatives of the WBC as opposed to WBC Cares UK. And I want to reiterate that my, my issue and my concerns remain not with the World Boxing Council, but with Cares UK. I have tried on numerous attempts to make contact to have this conversation um, and, and to see actually if they really wanted to get back in, you know, um, not involved, but to see what we're doing. Um, and I haven't had response. So um, I would have loved very much to have spoken to them about this. Um, and like I say, I've tried my very best. That's why I've not named names. I've not got into too much detail, but it does need to be said. And so there you go. That's it. I've done it. I've done. And as I say, 
thank, thank you so much for sharing that because I know on a personal level how difficult that was. But I, I think it's also important for the boxing community to know how much work you've put in and what barriers you may face even to get to this point. Thank because that shows real passion and real commitment to us as a community, to the boxing industry as a whole, and, and the future of not only women's boxing, but boxing in general. Thank you. Yeah, so huge, huge thanks to you guys. Massive thanks to Chris Q at Great Britain Disability Boxing. And also to, um, to Deb Spash who um, is one of our tribe members um, who has helped me so much in um, the application side of things, getting it to the point to become a CIC. So I couldn't have done it without you guys. Superstars, absolute superstars. And we absolutely love Debs. And if anyone has managed to get this to Mike Tyson, she is your biggest fan. And if you have time to say hello, honestly, I think that would make her life. <laughs> So I'm just putting a call out to Mike Tyson. If, if you're not busy hotboxing, come and say hello. We'd love yeah. to talk to you. We certainly would. We certainly would. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I think my coffee's getting cold. And I think we have definitely started to put the world to right. But I think this should be a series that continues. And I, I want to leave it on that really positive note that we are obviously where we are now and we are moving forward. We are, we are. Um, and I know you've wanted to, like I say, ask some of these questions and talk to do this for a little while now. So I'm really, really glad that we've finally managed to get some time to have a brew, have a proper chat and like you said, put some of the world to rights or our world. <laughs> But if there are any warriors out there that want to uh, support us, you can do by either amplifying or even coming to join us. And obviously, if you'd like to be involved in any of our content, contact us. We're always open for new ideas. We're all, all about growing, sharing and amplifying other people. Absolutely, we are. Thank you for your time, Rox. And thank you to whoever is sat down listening and having a coffee with us. But for this one, stay safe. Bye. <laughs> Bye.